gonna blow by this one. Sometimes we say things, we say we'll talk about it the next time or something, and we don't. We gotta talk about Invincible, my dude. Just blood splatter sound. (laughs) (laughs) If you've even watched one episode of the show, you get that. Basically, this show is like the trailer for the show when I went into it was kind of like sky high is how the trailer oh, presents it 100% and the first, and the first few episode minutes of the show even it's like first oh, like most high. of the first episode yes right yep um and that's all we'll say about that but we will say for those who are hearing this they're like oh cool a kid superhero show. it's no. an adult show it's very violent yeah. and very it's not it's... like uh uncomfortably like uh it's just it's violence not, it's not like yeah i mean and it doesn't it manages not to feel gratuitous you know like over uh, it's even though there are done, a couple moments that are yes, but it's done I think, specifically i think that's what you were just about to say it's like yeah, they choose it, their it's, moments it's yep and when they have moments of violence they're done to make you go wow that was violent right not to go yes violence is awesome right although it's what's cool about the show and what i like about the boys Mm-hmm. Um, this is I've very heard, similar to that. I've heard similar, in, yeah. In that, that gratuitous violence is fun and makes you go wait because, like, right, the medium of film or the medium of animation can make some really cool fight scenes, and you can see, like, wow, that's how that would go down, right? But then, because of the ability of like special effects, they can also elevate the violence in certain moments where you're like. I would not like that to be violent. This is why right. I like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because when Captain America punches a bad guy, his fist go, doesn't Rrr. go through their chest or something. Right. You know? But, that would just kind of yeah. be like, ah, oh, oh, wait. But And yeah. these Captain Americas that do things like that, that we're seeing in uh, The Boys, that we're seeing in Invincible, that do things crazy you're not supposed to be like and that's awesome you know? right that's what's good about <laughs> right. it i think and it, <laughs> yeah it's not trying to i don't think it's trying super hard to be like some big message i think the focus of invincible is more like uh giving you little hints along the show and then making sure you know it has not forgotten about those things yes Do you know what i mean by that a hundred percent very very cool comic book show one of my favorite things about the show is its ability to introduce as many different characters and elements as it does and like storylines and have me easily remember it. Like there's something that's in there's things that are like introduced in the first minutes of the show and it feels like that just like opening like introducing you to this world and then they use like everything in it and there's so much going on and you know, three episodes later, they introduce you to a whole cast of new characters, too. And I know saying that it could sound overwhelming, but seriously, it's so e- never once was I like, wait, hold on. Who was that? Every single time a character reappeared, even if they'd only appeared briefly, I was like, oh, hell yeah. You know, like bringing that person back. Totally. It's great. Great. Honestly, what I think the case with this show is. Um, which is rare, is the creator of the comic, uh, Robert Kirkman. Robert Kirkman is also the showrunner. So he's, yeah. I'm believing, uh, or what I believe he's doing is going, okay, what areas really don't work from comic book to TV? What can I change a little bit to make it a better show? 
what in my comic like I've heard there's um there's a character in uh in the show that wasn't as fleshed out in the comic oh and a lot of fans of the comic appreciate that it's uh, that character got a little that more this character got a little depth. more yeah and um I think that's Robert Kirkman being like okay I've done it once now that I'm doing it again why would I just do a you know page to screen direct adaptation when I'm right. the one who made it I, can, I have the opportunity I know what to the like universe is yeah right. like if there's something I want to introduce that's never been introduced in the comics I'll know what would break this universe or not I think right. that's the beauty of it so watch invincible people if you're if you're into that tight world building and can handle some tight gratuitous violence tight, yeah tight yeah tight tight <laughs> um but it is animated too which is a thing that some people would prefer over the like there's violence in the boys and it's similar whatever but that's live action i could totally see that immediately being like yeah but i can't see that i can't handle that right this is animated that might you know bridge that gap for some people i feel like it's the epitome of what is possible for like a an animated adult superhero story you know what i mean like it's, it's so funny too because we're seeing all of these new like now that superhero movie fatigue is absolutely a thing oh yeah we're getting new versions of like not only superhero shows and movies but adult superhero shows and movies with things like birds of prey um you know things like the uh there's a show a harley quinn show that's like super rated r but it's animated you know we've got things like this happening invincible is just still feels fresh somehow i don't know how oh and that sounds when i read that on twitter and when i see it online i'm like that just sounds wrong because there's so much how could one more still feel fresh right it just does somehow i don't know i think also because it's not trying to be you know there's like Something that's not spoiling anything. There's a literal group in this uh, series called the Guardians of the Globe. Right. So, like, they're not trying to shy away from, you know. (laughs) There's a character introduced in the first episode that's called Darkwing, and it's Batman. I mean, it's like, it's Batman. It's Batman. (laughs) They're not trying to shy away from the fact that pretty much all the superhero stuff has been done, and they're not trying to, like, step away from it. it. There's so much of it that feels like homage to all of the superhero lore that's been established in, you know, our culture. But it's a new story, and it's well done, and it does some stuff that feels very fresh, which is very cool. Um, Speaking of a show that has uh, revolutionized animation and uh, felt very fresh at the time and consistently every time you watch it. Tight. Tight. It's tight. Tight, tight, tight. Maybe we should talk about our show. You're listening to A New Lens. My name's Calvin. Gary and I started this podcast to talk about film and television that we liked as kids through the new lens of adults and amateur filmmakers. We've been talking about Avatar The Last Airbender episode by episode. Oh boy, and here we are. On the, uh, what is this, the 17th, 17th episode of season three, part one of the finale, Sozin's Comet, part one, 
the Phoenix King. And if you don't know, I, we've said it over and over again, but we are going to do every part individually of this four-part finale because... We don't want to drop a four-hour episode on you. Yeah, yeah. Probably it would be longer than that. It would literally be... Yeah, if we were given yeah. just, like, the free reigns without the restrictions of each episode, we would... Abs- it might be five. Yeah, right. It could it could be up to, like, eight hours. Like, honestly, we could spend that we, much time yeah, talking about if, this. If we have. We probably yeah. have. Like, the last time we watched this, this series years ago, and, and now... We're watching it from this entirely <coughs> new lens. <coughs> anyway, uh, basic recap of the episode, because we're going to want to really get into this one beat by beat. But essentially, we start with Aang training with Zuko to firebend. And he is getting a lot better, but training isn't going fast enough. Zuko is pushing him harder and harder, and Aang wants to just take some relaxing time. Uh, eventually, Zuko kind of ambushes him and it almost looks like he's even attacking him but he basically reveals like yo i am trying to you know knock your head into shape sozin's comets in three days and we find out that ang isn't planning on fighting the fire lord when sozin's comet comes we'll get more into that but then zuko reveals that he actually knows of the fire lord's plans when sozin comets come or when sozin's comet comes uh, essentially, he's going to burn the fucking world down. We'll get more into how he knows and why and what that means. Uh, and this scares the shit out of Aang and everyone. And Aang meditates on this one night. And this leads to him just sleepwalking onto a mysterious lost-like mm-hmm. island that just <laughs> shows up. And he just disappears. And that's kind of where the episode leads us to it with this with the gang is them looking for ang and coming up short so zuko's like all right i know someone and he takes them to see uh what's her name june yep who owns the sheer shoe that we remember and uh yeah that's where we're left with that gang meanwhile we have the (laughs) fire lord meanwhile who we know now is going to burn the fucking world down Mm -hmm. and he tells azula hey actually you stay here you're the new fire lord because i am taking on a new title which is the title of this episode the phoenix king (laughs) yeah baby i think that's a decent recap marky hams giving that hamming it up you know marky hams hamming it up (laughs) it took me a second to get to that honestly I'm very grateful you said that because for some reason that <laughs> I just never Mark Hamill, King of Ham. King of Ham, baby. He's got that Joker, you know? He's the fucking he's got, he's got that Joker he's got though. The voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, this episode, I mean, they kick off this like part 1 to the four part finale and they really make you feel the like epic nature of it. I mean, firstly, yes, the we've previously got that, on. The previously on that basically sums up like all we see of every the storyline still in play. Character we know that doesn't have a tied up storyline. Right. It just essentially Where shows you. Off. Yes, we will tie it up. Yep. Like if this were the season finale of any other show, this previously on would blow everyone in the. I mean, th- I think this blew everyone's mind when we saw. Like, wait. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh like, man, Ty Lee. Oh, everything is coming then, oh, back. Man. And I wrote, I forgot about. And, and yeah, if you man. listen close, which I'm sure you did, because K 
Calvin here is a music guy. If oh, you yeah. like the music on this podcast or our other podcast, Legendary Four Adventures. Space Vampires. Thank you, Calvin. Then you have Calvin to thank for that. He's uh, the musician behind the scenes. And ah, whoever the musician is behind the scenes for this finale, four episodes. Oh, yeah. Starting with the previously on, they add some orchestral epicness and and there's horns just like too you know just dun, like dun, 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 full dun, orchestra dun, 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 dun. it's so oh, it's cool so because it doesn't change they don't take away any elements from what we've gotten so far so i don't feel like they just like you know fired john williams and hired han zimmer it feels <laughs> right. like uh john williams was like, like given a little more money or yeah. something you know <laughs> like for this finale series it feels like they filmed it in front of a live orchestra which watch us like do a little research and find out that they did because uh it feels like that to me it does um, no my first note is just like big horns like the it's epic so good horns at the very it's beginning so cool and the whole oh i got there's chills a, there's a musical moment too that uh i have a cool yes. fact about that we're gonna point out Oh, I'm excited for the fact because there's a lot of I, there's a couple big musical moments in this episode that are just so good, and it makes me wonder like this episode is so good at it, as it is, yeah. But the music, how much does the music elevate it? Because it's genuinely just yeah, so good. Let's get on with the episode though. Um, yeah, here we go. We're like training with. Ang and Zuko. Zuko keeps telling him you've got to be more like ferocious and more, you know, you got to really get, yeah, feel like you're <laughs> punching it. through <laughs> yeah. a person's heart or yeah, something like right. that. I think imagine he striking straight into the heart of a tiger or, oh, no, imagine striking straight into someone's heart and then he asks him to roar like a tiger dillo and Ang's got his little, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, no, I said roar. <laughs> and ah, and then he gets the fire blasting actually, out from epic. actually like pretty, pretty epic. But uh, this moment is kind of like set, like there's a period to it, makes a point out of it. When it cuts to Momo cowering away from him when he does that. And Aang is str- stricken by that. He's like, you he know, doesn't I, like he doesn't that like deep to to pull that out. Yeah. He doesn't like that side specifically of with firebending. I think too. Yes, he still has this those is like that guilt he, from season one. I think that's great too because the episode uh, with him and Zuko learning firebending and like the beauty of it together, learning the secrets of it, mm-hmm. that almost took away. Just it almost like redeemed him from. It's not redemption. I don't know the word I'm looking like. He didn't learn anything. He just. Like, got to see into a rainbow, and suddenly it's like he learned all all he needed to learn about the pain, and, and he can just firebend whenever he wants now. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is showing us, like, no, no. He still, like, understands that if he goes, you know, to this level that Zuko is pushing him to, it's dangerous and scary. Yeah, and, right. Cause and he doesn't like he it. Because what he learned from the dragons, I think, was not this. Not how to fight with fire. It's how to use fire as, like... A dance, essentially, you know, it's it's right. part of like everyday life to them. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I find that like important to the show because there's a lot of things in the show that you don't even think about it. But they're like, by the way, yeah, it seemed like that was OK, but we're going to really show you how, we right. can, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally, totally. 
Um, and then Aang takes the first opportunity to get away from the firebending because you see him like, you know, affected by that feeling of seeing Momo afraid of him exuding that energy. And then, uh, I think it's Katara comes out with who wants watermelon juice. And he's like, Oh me, <laughs> me. And he runs over and, uh, oh, Zuko just stops realized him. that Katara probably makes the best juices oh. as a water, as like a master oh. waterbender. She could no just pulp. like. Pure, no pulp. like just bend the juice right out of a watermelon that's a yeah that's a very good point there gary thank you <laughs> that's the most important point i'll make this whole episode is that katara katara would great, probably makes would make great drinks dope juice <laughs> great she'd be a great bartender in general <laughs> probably know? like katara in like eight years from you know what we're seeing now yeah. totally like has people over to her apartment and just like mixes drinks for them. And they're like, whoa. And she's like, yeah. yeah. Somebody gets Sorry. too drunk and she just water blasts them out the window. <laughs> just like, get out of here. Go home. I thought you were going to say like water blasts them water so that into they get their hydrated. You know? But you're like, no, no. She's, no, she's like, kicking the them out. out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, they say that sitting has made them lazy. And of course, in response to that. Uh, Sokka proposes a beach party. <laughs> so, um, they all run down to the beach. I love, I love the transition. There's a very cartoon transition. Cause you know, a lot of this it's animated. They, obviously, you know, throughout the show, they have a lot of like cartoony moments, but the baseline is like a real world that is animated, yeah. you know, but it I feels love like it's a camera. Usually. Right, right. But I love this moment where Sokka says beach party and then he like dives off of the steps of the like beach house that they're staying in. And suddenly he is diving into the diving ocean, into which the is ocean all the way down, you know, it's at great. The beach. Yeah. Uh, Katara jumps down and she like makes a little ice surfboard she and frozones. Like, she frozen. Oh. She fully frozones, except she's yeah. not freezing what's under her other than just a nope. board she's literally she's just surfing except it's awesome it doesn't and show a whole lot waves. of skill except for bending because she can just bend the waves to be under her you know like yeah who knows if she's actually that. a good surfer i'm sure she is yeah you you're know right. you're right you're she's right. gotta be <laughs> you're right i just wanted to think about something think about it from another perspective you know man i do agree though the beauty of Sokka being such a good bender is even if she were to fall, no one would know because she would just bend a piece of water to hold her up. Right. You know? <laughs> right. She'd be yeah. like, I didn't even wick. No, I'm no, fine. What? I'm good. <laughs> uh, everybody else kind of starts looking at, well, except for Zuko, who did not join in the rush down to a beach yeah, party. Zuko right now? Um, Sokka starts, like, gathering materials for, like, some sort of sculpture. <laughs> and uh, we cut over to Aang, who has made a giant ice, or uh, a giant sand sculpture of Appa. And it looks Appa. great. Yeah, Appa looking at it, and he seems to like it, you know? And then uh, we have just a, <laughs> a mind-blowing moment where Toph looks at Looks at that and she's like, "Hey, yeah, that's cool, but come, come she over looks here." At it with Check her feet, out. right? And it's been made canon, by the way. Now that she has more trouble seeing on sand, right? Yes. So this is a harder thing for her to do than it would be on yep rock or yeah. earth. Just so, so we can just clarify. So, yeah, just to prepare you for because I'm I'm sure you watched the episode. She just makes. A perfect model 
of the entirety of the inner circle of Bossing Say <laughs> in a moment. She just like pushes her hands down and a perfectly detailed recreation, a miniature recreation of the fucking Earth Kingdom just you know what this shows forms us? into the sand. This is a now that I'm actually hearing this out loud instead of seeing it happen on the screen. Because when I see it, I go, Wow, she is such a good earthbender. She's the right. best earthbender. Yeah. Now I'm realizing she also probably has a photographic memory and doesn't even see. So she yeah. feels the vibrations of things around her and can just store that in her memory. Just remember that. I mean, also, it's also, it's a joke, too. Like, it is a, you know, I'm not saying that canonically, Toph has photographic memory. (gasps) Right. But But it's still so fucking cool. I mean, yeah. I do not doubt that she made an exact recreation of, you know, it's not like. Didn't she even put them in it? Yes. Well, no, she put um, the Earth King and Bosco, the bear. Yeah. And Ang's face. Oh, <laughs> oh so is, good. Uh, There's a very few satisfying. great animated faces in this episode. There's one moment in particular, but yes, there are several throughout. Um, one moment that we yeah. both are definitely thinking of yep. together right now. Yep. Uh, so then we see what Sokka's been working on as he's gathering materials. And it looks like Jabba the Hutt. Like they... Accurate. That's exactly yeah. what I wrote down. Jabba, Jabba the, the Hutt with seaweed hair. <laughs> yes, with yep. seaweed hair. It's yeah. it's beautiful. <laughs> and he's like, "Well, look at it." And they're like, "What is it?" And he's, "It's Suki." Yeah, because oh. they even guess something that's like Jabba the Hutt in their it's universe. A bl- blubbery blob monster, I think, is what. Yeah, they say? that's what someone says, like yeah. Ang or something, and <laughs> that's what makes it. Because like, if they had. You know, said something like, oh, what is it? Is it, you know, a person or something? Right. But the fact that they also think it looks like Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. And it's Suki. And I love Suki's reaction. I think it's sweet. I think it's sweet. Yeah. 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 And then he like, doink, like rushes up on her. He's hugging her and kissing her on the cheek. It just, I don't know. It's a. They have fully become. A girlfriend and boyfriend on this show that yeah. I do not have any like. How did they get you know no. so close? No, it, this has been worked beautifully fleshed out throughout the season. Yes, and not like super obvious either, but very. Yeah, and like, it's not like I think he's going to drop on his done. knee right now and ask her to marry him either. Right, it's just they're a girlfriend and a boyfriend that yeah. get along, and I feel like they'll probably be a lasting relationship. And yeah. this kind of shit is why. But the sculpture doesn't last. <laughs> the sculpture doesn't survive very long because it's suddenly blasted by these fire blasts, which we very quickly find out are coming from Zuko, who drops down on the beach and he starts firing off at at Ang. And Ang's like, "What are you doing?" And he says, "I'm teaching you a lesson." Um, and uh, then they rush off, and Ang, uh, Ang, and Zuko basically. Zuko's chasing Aang. He's firing shit off of him. They fly off. Feels very classic. Oh, yeah. For a moment. We just Um, feel season two coming back. For real, Late season one. Um, Katara comes back to the beach and she's like, what happened? And Sokka's like, (laughs) Zuko's gone mad. He he destroyed my sculpture. 
Oh, yeah, and he's also attacking Aang. <laughs> and then they all race off. And I love that, like, you know, sometimes with those beats, like, jokes like that, where someone says something and then there's a beat and no one does anything and then they finish the joke, you got to think, like, would they have, like, how would they react to that, though? Like, are they just being silent for the sake of the bit or would they have said something? But in this circumstance, it's like, Sokka says, he destroyed my sculpture. Katara would just stand there like, yeah. And, and everyone so, else is waiting for him to say the actual right, thing going on. Right, exactly. It's great. Um, well, the the battle between uh, Zuko and Aang leads back to the beach house. There's this like sort of parkour moment where Aang is like airbending and getting up high, and Zuko is fucking keeping up with him because he's so skilled. He just like parkours up this building. Just now um, reminding me of the Aang versus Azula fight because we haven't right. seen Zuko keep up with Aang ever. He's never right. been able to keep up with him. And He's now behind, yeah. it kind of makes us realize that um, Zuko's maybe at close to Azula's skill level. Yeah. Oh, hmm. that's a good point there. Yeah. Um, Aang gets into the house. He's hiding behind this, this cabinet. Zuko drops down in. Aang, like pushes the cabinet over at him and Zuko just unmakes it. <laughs> he just <laughs> like fire blasts and it's gone. It's one yeah, of the, like the stool like... in the jail cell. You remember that? Where it's just gone. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah, it no longer exists. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they get out into the hallway and, oh, this moment is so badass. Aang's running away down the hallway. Zuko starts firebending and he makes this just tunnel of fire that is expanding out towards him and almost capturing him and actually Aang is mid-air as it does surround him and that's the moment where Aang flips and he literally physically flips as well and he does a little turnaround and he airbends a section of the of the tunnel out and he just says enough and uh air blasts back at him and just Blast Zuko out the side of the building. They all kind of convene where Zuko landed and they're trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. I think this is a very good opportunity to point out that um, Katara at the beginning said, hey, if you touch Aang, I will end you. Like, <laughs> I'm going to kill you gonna if kill you touch you. Aang. Yeah. And now they're at the point where he literally was just chasing him around, fire blasting, doing his best to like fight Aang and hurt Aang. And Katara's like, hey, what were you doing? <laughs> you know? I was like, just going to say, no one even intervened because they're wondering why would our friend right. be doing this right now. When Sokka says what he says, the reason he's like, oh, and Zuko's chasing Aang is because that's how he would say it if Toph or Katara was doing it too. Right. Yeah, it's exactly. Great. He's, he's a not redeemed like... character now. It's yeah. not, we don't need to know any more about uh, Zuko to know that he's redeemed than this. You right. Know? Yep. Um, but I mean, it is still like, Hey, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. They're and... wondering a little bit like, <laughs> yeah. uh, did we, should we all fight you right now? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. And they're all like, they gather around him in a way that's sort of like, you know, if, if, if he says flip, a certain if thing, which flipped, <laughs> yeah. they would be ready. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but Zuko's just saying like, what am I doing? What are you doing? The comet is three days away and you're all lounging on the beach. And this is when they reveal, and this is partially why Aang was being, you know, a little more resistant to his training in the beginning. Mm -hmm. A little chillax. Actually, 
we were going to wait un- to fight the Fire Lord until after the comet comes. And Zuko's kind of like, uh, what? As a viewer, the first time, uh, as it, like, you know, four or five years ago, you know, when you wa- rewatched it for the first time, because mm-hmm. I can't totally remember how I felt about this finale other than. I am in awe yeah. as a child. <laughs> yeah, but agreed. rewatching it as adult, I do remember this moment being like a, oh yeah, <laughs> why like, are they yeah. on such a time crunch? Right. Duh. Why wouldn't and you just like lay low while they're extremely powerful and then try and something... train more to stop him? Yeah, exactly. It's something the show really does well. Like with the uh, earlier Day of Black Sun. If you knew about that, why wouldn't you use that to your advantage? Another show might write it out completely. This show, they tried, you know? They tried it, and it it just didn't work out, you know? They were a step behind. But, uh, yeah, I always love this because it just makes me think for a second, like, yeah, that's what I would do if I were Aang. For sure. Yeah, and it makes sense. And they even acknowledge, like, he's not ready. He would lose. Sokka says if he fought the Fire Lord, he would lose. It's interesting, though. Aang does kind of, like, shamefully hang his head a little bit when Sokka says that, you know? Even though he is saying the same thing. You know, he is saying, I'm not ready. Because they told him uh, during Day of Black Sun he was ready. Because, you know, he didn't have to fight a Fire Lord with his abilities, obviously, with his bending. Right. But it still is literally the opposite thing being said. Yeah. You know, right. it sucks. Yeah. It would be nice if he just said he could probably beat him, but he'll just have a much better chance or whatever. Yeah. You know? I'm just kind of realizing also, like, this is a a deconstruction also a little bit for the audience to recognize, like, exactly what you were saying. Like, oh, yeah, why are they on a time crunch? Basically, the only reason that they've been, you know, had this uh, schedule in mind is because in season one, Roku was like, the comet is coming, you have to defeat him before then. And it's like, that's basically all that we've gotten, you know? Like, yep. one of the past avatars, which, again, this is not like... And we have oh, then seen that's nothing, throughout the... I think maybe only once, but at least once, that the past avatars aren't just the book of the fucking... Right, they're not The perfect. word of God, yeah. even though they technically are kind of words of God's, but well, you know what I mean? <laughs> past lives, <laughs> They're yeah. not... They yeah. aren't like, hey, this is the way to do things. Because we've seen right. with, um, I can't think of it right now, but, oh, uh, when Roku demands that, what's his name? The mas- the firebending master teaches Aang. Zhang Zhang. Zhang Zhang, yeah. Um, he's wrong. Right. You know? And it was too early. And by the end of that episode, it, it Katara has burned. Uh, Zhang right. Zhang has to run away from where he's been. Yeah. A, a lot of bad shit happens in that episode directly because of Roku being wrong, in my opinion. Maybe there's other things around it too, obviously. But that, to me, proves that, you know, yeah, they can just go, wait a second. Why are we <laughs> yeah. listening to this spirit guy? <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. So, yeah. Like, we've already tried really hard, and it's apparent that we're not ready. But uh, I'm 12. <laughs> unfortunately that's another thing too you're watching the show and you're like yeah he's 12 can he just like be 20 when he fights in please the, the <laughs> right. war has been a hundred years what's right. four more you know right um and they're also saying you know like the fire nation took over the earth kingdom they've basically won they the it. war 
like, how could it get any worse? It couldn't really get any worse than this. So why not just like prepare to fix it when we're more Which prepared thinking later? About it, as they're saying, it makes it, a lot of like, sense. Yeah, I totally agree. What worse could be done? And Zuko says, "You're wrong." I went to an important war meeting with my father right before I left to come join you. Oh, and I love and, this uh, because it's it's the oh, meeting. It's that, the meeting that he you know, left. Yeah, that we saw him leave from. It just feels so good because that was important to that episode. But now right. it's important to the story. And it just yes. makes you like, like when he reveals how important that one meeting was. Right. I just get chills every time. Oh, oh my God. So everyone's there. Uh, all of the like, you know, Fire Nation Council. We, we get this drill like flashback, general. you know. Yeah. Yeah. This um, the, the it's like his final appearance, I think. Yeah. He well, um, what's his name? Uh, Colonel Shinu or Shinu. Um. He has appeared specifically uh, one other time, and he's the guy who goes to Zhao in the first season, and he's trying to like give him orders, and then a hawk comes up, and he that goes, guy too. I'm yeah. now Admiral Zhao. That guy oh is the guy God. who- um, He speaks up. Yeah. Well, um, the Fire Lord like, calls on him. Because I feel like we see, in, in the corner of our eye, we see like some stock background guys- is one of them the drill general guy who's on the drill and is like, you know, we only see him on the drill? Uh, I don't. Uh, oh, I uh, might be wrong. I think he appears. I don't think he speaks here. Though. I, yeah, no, he doesn't say anything. I think he's just there when Zuko walks by giving like a dirty look to General Shy now. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, fuck this guy. Like he's fucking the prince that betrayed. Fuck him. Right. Um, but the Fire Lord uh, sort of opens up this meeting. He's talking about the rebellion still going on, how we need more forces in the Earth Kingdom. And uh, the Fire Lord actually turns to Zuko and says, what do you think? Which is so wild and must be so surreal. And he says, the Earth Kingdom people are proud and strong. And they can endure almost anything as long as they have hope. And so he nods and he says, hmm, yes, interesting. That means we must destroy their hope. And Azula says, you should burn it all to the ground. And Sozin listens. And he gets up and he starts talking about how his grandfather, Sozin, used the comet to end the Air Nation. And now he's going to use the same comet to destroy the Earth Kingdom. He's going to burn the entire world to the ground, and from the ashes, a new world will be reborn in which he rules everything. And uh, it's just so wild that as a kid, you're like, oh my god, like, he's, he's evil. Like, this is cartoon evil character. But this shit... <laughs> Has been ide has been an ideology in the real world before, you know. Like this yeah. shit. There are people who have had this plan, had, had made this attempt. Yep. Yeah. That's and that makes this hit so much harder as an adult. You know what I mean? Like as a kid, it makes the, older the stakes you get, high the and more exciting. You realize watch, that. Yeah. Right. That this isn't. You know. And I think what's so chilling about the show too 
is that they're not doing it to be like a this is a a not uh you know just so you can learn about this thing it really just feels like I don't know, like evil in general. I don't know how to explain and, it. And it how does. I, the feeling it gives across. Because it, it could very easily be like a, a history thing, like a allegory for um, the world, our world's history and make right. us just so... It could take us out pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, and instead, it almost like elevates how horrific this is and how just otherworldly the things that have happened in our world history are. Because you're like, this is a cartoon show, a cartoon series where, you know, I can kind of buy this maybe because he's like this evil king and he's like using the comet and he's going to like take over the world. I can kind of maybe buy that. And someone's like, yeah, people have tried to do that. Yeah. It's like, wait, you know, I don't know. I was like, when you're little, if you don't know that and someone, I don't know, I feel like that would freak me out. Yeah. Um. And Which it does. is yeah right, um, but the the like evilness of it is apparent. Like they pointed out, like Sokka says, "I knew the guy was bad, but this is pure evil." Um, and then we we get the sting before the commercial break of Zuko saying, "Yeah, so just so you know, if you don't face him before the comet, if you don't try to save the world before the comet, there won't be a world left to save." Jesus. Is this is this also, or does it happen after the commercial where the quote, uh, you're going to have to end his life before he ends yours? I think that's a little later in the episode, but uh, that's basically way, what he's saying. <laughs> that <laughs> you know? feels so big it's when you're huge. watching this show. Oh, yeah. Because and you know Aang so well at this point, and you know how against Yeah, the and they lives. really haven't said that. And they keep getting closer and closer to saying kill. Yeah. I don't think you can say right. that on Nickelodeon or something. Interesting, yeah. Maybe, or maybe once only in the whole show. I don't know. It's like it's like the one-time fuck wor- uh, rule with PG-13 oh, movies. Yeah, sure. Maybe yeah. they can only say kill once, yeah. so they're just building up to it. And then, right. I don't know. But either way, when he says end his life, yeah, it just makes you, I don't know, realize just the brevity of the situation. Yeah. Uh, we've given some praise to Zach Tyler Eisen before, but like, I really want to just give him so much praise in this oh episode. Oh my god! In this because episode, especially, he sells all of this so well. It's just believable. It's like you don't even really think about it. I mean, just the way that we come back from the like, you know, quick black screen of streaming <laughs> for the commercial break, and he just says, "This is bad. This is really bad." And the way like you hear how. Like completely he just got hit overwhelmed, with this he is blindsided. Yeah, and uh, they say, you know what? It's all right. We're gonna all fight him together. You're not in this alone. We will all do it. And uh, Sokka gives the little, uh, you know, all all of us fighting together: air, water, earth, fire, fan, and sword. <laughs> He's got the like <laughs> he pulls uh, up some leaves, the leaves, a palm yeah. leaf, and it like a long. Droops. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, and then they all like group hug for morale's sake. And Appa uh, joins. Appa joins in and knocks them all over. It's kind of a sweet moment. It breaks the tension a little bit of like, you know, it's gonna be all right. They they have a plan. Um 
So then we cut to Aang and Zuko training more because now we're like, okay, yeah, let's get serious about the training. And Zuko says, there's only one thing, really, that I haven't taught you, and that's how to redirect lightning. Which is so, it just, it gives me chills thinking about, Me too, you know, man. Him teaching teach, Aang. Having seen the exact taught, lesson. Yes, yes. You know, and, and, how, and then they even flashback for us to show us why it's important. Right. And it's one of my favorite shots in the whole show. So I'm so glad you get to see it twice. Oh, Zuko, of Zuko yeah, with his right. hair just blowing back with the static. Yep. And his face with determination. But also just like this very like subtle like, I can't believe I have to do this. I don't know. There's something about that shot that's just... Oh, and, the, and the narration over that of him saying... It's exhilarating, but terrifying. Just and we like, see Aang just those get excited words. when he says exhilarating. Right. And when he says terrifying, Aang gets like bummed out. Like, right. oh, I'm not learning a cool pending move. Well, I, yeah, but I, I don't know. Just the, the context that just giving us those two words of him describing it gives to the animation of him going through that moment is extremely effective and adds a lot more oh depth God. to that moment because at the moment you're just like, Oh shit, he's That's doing badass. it. You know, but yeah, now we're but getting like, like the emotional the life edge of, it. of death when he does that. Yeah. I love how, while he's describing the flowing of energy, Ang says it's like water bending and Zuko says that's because it's based on water bending. Um, my uncle like created this technique from studying waterbenders. It's so fucking cool. But yeah, it's it, he talks about how extremely powerful this technique is, but it comes with a you know pretty great risk. You're on the edge of just dying. <laughs> this seems like a context for the audience moment a little bit, but also funny and it makes sense for Ang to say he's like, well, that's okay if I fail. Uh, Katara can just uh, flow some spirit water over me and I'm all good. She's like, no, I used that. <laughs> you know, when you died before <laughs> and I brought you back, I used all of it. <laughs> um, and uh, this is actually where Zuko makes it real and says, if no, yeah, there's no, uh, there's no way around right. this. You have to, you have to take his life before he takes yours. Um, and so now they've got a training a little practice, you know, practice run on facing off with the Fire Lord. They set up Love a plan, it. they draw in the sand, and then they set up Melon, Melon Lord. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> they carve a little, like, jack-o'-lantern face into him and set him up like a scarecrow. I just have written down more realistic. I don't know uh, what I meant by that, but uh, something about this moment mentioned or is more realistic. So, moving on. Uh... <laughs> They uh, they have Toph fighting them as Melon Lord. That's sending right. Sending down like rock troops. Right. Yeah. I love that. Oh, and you get this moment of as they start like fighting against uh, Sokka cuts right through one of these rock like figures. His sword is sharp as fuck. His sword's sharp as fuck. That's like we've gotten to see like some cool stuff with it. But just so you know, it cuts through rock like butter. Like... <laughs> Shit's sharp. Um, Suki jumps over another, like, flaming... I love how they set up these, like, oil rocks for her to, like, yeah. dip in fire. And it's just... It's so cool. And it all... It seems like something they could set up in order to train. You know? It doesn't yeah, feel like... Yeah. How'd K they do that? Katara could easily bend some oil out of, like... I don't know. Somewhere. <laughs> 
<laughs> she could find it. Well, you, you know what? Toph probably like slams wow, her foot down, right. finds some oil somewhere. Either her or Katara can like bend it out or, you, you know. You're so right. Anyway, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> Sokka says, hey, Toph, why don't you watch it? Like, you could really hurt us here. She goes, I am not Toph. I am Melon Lord. <laughs> so and good. Gives a perfect, like, evil laugh. <laughs> you got to love that moment. Um, yeah, and then there's this incredible like rotating shot like spinning shot around Zuko and Katara as they're fighting off these uh earth things the the animation like i stopped and re- rewound and like rewatched it because it's so dope like even this moment of them training they're like they want you to feel how badass they're doing right now they're a great know? team yeah. yeah and the thing that i think is so amazing about all this is Toph is doing like 10 things at once here. Right. Toph is those guys, and she's throwing flaming rocks, and she's hamming it up. (laughs) They're they're all the most powerful benders in the world, but like at this point, they're just just casual about the fact that Toph is the most powerful one there. Like 100%. absolutely. Which means Toph's the most powerful bender in the entire world. Yeah, because like Sokka, she says like when they're talking about their, their... how they'll be utilized in this battle. Uh, Toph's like, well, what am I supposed to do? And Sokka's like, uh, you can throw flaming rocks at us. And she's like, awesome. Right. But in reality, you know, the reason that they don't have a goal- job for her is because all she needs to do is be there. Show up. and Yeah, yeah she doesn't need be to train. so fine if you're We here. need to train. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, well, Aang finally gets his moment. And he flies in and can't do it. Stops short. Stops just short. And uh, he gets he gets a you know a stern talking to from from Sokka, who just says you you have to though. Like literally, the world depends on it. He's like, I didn't feel like myself, and I didn't like that. And this is such a good moment. I think it is because I always re- I feel so connected to Aang in this moment. And to Sokka. Like, yeah. depending on my mood, it kind of reminds me of Survivor. We've watched Survivor and referenced it a lot on this uh, podcast. Yeah. But they have to kill chickens sometimes to, to survive. To right. Eat. And there have been people in the past that are either vegetarian or they're just for other cool reasons. They're just, like, not cool with it. And sometimes there's that fight of, like, we need food. We need to kill this chicken. And them mm. being like, we have rice. We can get coconuts. We can fish. Yeah. Please let's not. And I'm just saying, for Survivor, oftentimes when they save the chicken, those tribes do better. There's yeah. some kind of karma shit going on there. I, think. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, yeah. um, I completely understand both sides to this uh, basic in a cartoon. Right. We're not, especially because we're not literally talking about, like we were saying earlier, yes, this stuff has been attempted before. There are horrible people in, in our right, history. Right. But since it's uh, an animated figure, we can understand why Aang's like, yeah, no, I don't want to kill that guy. Right. Because if it was anyone we know from our history, we'd be like, fuck you, Aang. Come on, it's blank. Or it's right. blank. You know? But since this is the Fire Lord, it's, you know, a little bit easier to be like, yeah, slice that guy's head off. Right. And be like, no, that's a person. You know? Yeah. And I just find it so interesting because... 
the next scene perfectly lays out for yes, the rest of the characters what Aang is already emotionally in tune with. And everyone processes it differently. We have such well-established characters who react so vastly differently to the same you know, stimuli like it, throughout yep, the series. It's beautiful, and, honestly. It's so well-written. Oh. So Aang storms off from the training thing. We cut to Aang just not eating uh, back in the house. And we, you know, sort of uh, pan over to everyone else. And uh, Katara says, she walks up to the group and she says, I have a surprise. And Toph goes, you had a thing with Haru the whole time? I love it. What? No. <laughs> what? I love it so much because it's like this feels like an extension of uh, Ember Island players of like yeah, the a little calling out fan theory. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's like, wait, I did kind of think that in the back of my mind. And, and yeah. Katara's reaction completely dissolves it. Yeah. No. You what? know? No. <laughs> she says, I found a picture of baby Zuko and everyone's laughing at it, commenting how cute he is. But Zuko's not responding. Yeah. And he says, that's not me. That's my father. Oh, and you, it's just like. It's a gut punch, man. I forgot about that moment because I thought the moment previously with Sokka making an example of Aang by slicing the melon head in half. They were like, this side's right. Yeah, because like, and it's also a good way to be like, and it's it's horrible because it right. looks like the top of a head when right. it drops. Yeah, and the only I think the animators chose to have Momo jump in the watermelon and eat it to kind of ease to, the tension. I you agree. Know? Yeah, without that, you'd be like, that's the top of a head. Right. I know it's a watermelon, but <laughs> yeah. this is fucking crazy. Right, and this is like the emotional level. Now we had the physical, like, ugh, killing is scary. Now yeah. we're having the emotional meaning behind that this is a life he was a baby at one point yeah this is a real dude which again reinforces uh the thing that i never got as a kid that we've talked about on this show that i like the design of ozai because when i was a kid i was like "Eh, kind of disappointing it's just like a face just a guy that's the point he's just he's a person he could be anyone he's such a baby picture just the baby it's a baby. It's just a white it's baby. Not, it's just yeah, you know. It's like a black and a black and white sketch of a white baby. That's yeah. it. He is white, right? Is the Fire Lord white? I think so. I've always read it that way. I mean, I'm not sure though. Uh, I don't know exactly think, what the intent was, but it comes across white to me. Yeah, kind of like the the bad guys are white people, and I'm not. Oh, saying yeah. that in a bad way. It kind of does come across that way, but which if. Uh, if they I mean, were to make the series live action and choose to have the uh, Fire Nation, but also everybody else not be played by white people, I would be happy with that, is my point. Yeah. Like, because of representation. But right. if they fire, if the bad guys were played by white people, I think that's, I think I'd be like, yes, this is how I read the show. Yeah. I don't know. Kind of. That's kind of my take on it. Not that I my mean, take matters. Right. The the worst uh the worst possible outcome would be if they made a live action version of this and they made all of the like, you know, uh brown skinned characters have white skin and all of the white skinned characters have brown skin. You know, that would be problematic. Yeah, make all the it? bad guys people of color huh. and all the good guys uh white uh famous actors of the time. 
Anyway, uh, who are bad? Shama Lama moving on. Um, we uh, they start talking about how he's a monster, but he's still a human being. Uh, this is Ang saying it. Like he's saying, "See, like yeah, you get it now. Like that. That's a baby. That's fucking Ozai. He's a person, and I can't kill him. There must be another way." He's like, "I don't know. Could I? I could like find some form of glue and like glue bend him together. Glue bend him, which is actually honestly kind of a great idea. <laughs> but it's um, one of those moments that is there's a great idea in there, but because of them being like, "Shut up," they immediately drop. The right. possibility to explore that, right? You know what I mean by yeah. that? Yeah, and they're because they're like, I mean, he's still going to be around, and he's still going to be a threat, and like, he's still he's, an evil guy. What are you going to do about that? And just him saying, and again, Zach Tyler Eisen's delivery on this, this goes against literally everything that I learned from the monks. It goes against my entire way of life. I forget what Sokka says, but. Ang says, this is not a joke. Like, he cuts him short. This is real. This is happening. And I have to deal with this. And he's like, if you don't have a better plan, until you have a better plan, like, leave me alone, basically. And he storms off. And, oh, my God. Katara goes to go after him. I'm getting goosebumps before I'm even actually describing the moment. Katara goes to run after him because that's what she's always done. And Zuko grabs her shoulder and just says let him go he needs to work this through by himself for a while Ooh, god there's so much going on there man damn it's it's so good it's zuko fully being an understanding friend to ang mm -hmm. it's him also being comfortable enough to guide Katara in like the right direction in this moment because right. her motherly instincts, which are good, right. are overwhelming her right now. Yes. It's also just showing that Katara isn't like, fuck you, Zuko, I'm going. Right. She listens, she listens to him. To and him. It's this beautiful moment of friendship between them. It's also Zuko forgiving himself for needing to go through the process that he did because we saw the guilt that he felt about his actions from Ember Island players and now he's at a point where he's able to say to see and recognize and say sometimes you need to just work something out on by yourself wow if you have that support system which is the only thing that Zuko didn't recognize is he had the support system of his uncle but ang has this massive support system that is not working for him with this specific thing and he needs to work something out in himself right now Ooh, it's it's so powerful i honestly <laughs> gonna be honest i teared up i did not expect to zuko's hand got on her shoulder and i started tearing up i was there's like, something wow. about it like it's it's just too many things to not overwhelm you with emotion. Yeah. Because it could be man. Sokka or it could be Toph. And yep. it would work. It right. would work great. And it'd be a good... It might still give me chills. But it be being Zuko. Zuko, feel it's just like, whoa. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm he, is he Iroh now? Like he turns, he has a beard, <laughs> you know? 
thing, man. Like you, he's oh. like fully anyway. turning. He's like following the footsteps. Yeah, he feels so much more wise. You can see yeah. his trajectory, it's... not just in his story, in his arc, in this story, but you can see the beginnings of him becoming a great wise man. You know? Yeah, dude. And like oh. in this episode too, what's so good about it is they hinted at wait. Is he like a bad guy again when he attacks Aang? And <laughs> right. us realizing that that was him pl- like playing this character to train him right. is wise in and of itself. It's just like he is yeah. like, he's elevated right now. Oh, he's yeah. like on another level than, yeah. he's like almost at like Katara level of like, she gets it. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And there's, in this moment, he gets it in a different way than she does. And yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I always feel like there's something about Katara in her looks whenever she looks at Aang. That's why I st- just ship them. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what you want to say. Because <laughs> sure, that's yeah. another thing the previously on hinted at was the whole little Aang Katara yeah, right. thing. The, the kiss. And, her yeah. doing this, her looks, whenever Aang's talking, how we see her mm-hmm. in the background, she is like, she loves him. You know what yeah, I mean? She right. fully understands this, uh, this person. Even with on the complicated. The that, like moments that they've had in the past few episodes, which you know a lot of people point to that moment from Ember Island players, but understandably, understandably for sure. But even through that moment, she still cares so deeply about him and wants things to work out and wants them to be okay. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we cut to Ang who is meditating. We've got the he's got these like what are they like melons or something like oranges, some sort of fruit organized with candles behind it. I don't know exactly what it was, but I didn't it just even struck really me. pay attention to that just because the, sh- the image of Aang meditating is always <laughs> so calming like, to oh, me. It's one of my yeah. favorite. I, I want to get a poster of Aang meditating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be good. Put that in my yoga area. I don't even have a yoga area, but that would create one. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will make a yoga area for this purpose. Momo comes up and, He's like, I don't suppose you have any ideas, do you? He's like, yeah. He responds. Yeah. I love that. You know, at this point, we can almost buy that Aang heard, uh, no, I don't. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love this, the, just the cinematic language used here, too. We've got the fading from Aang sitting there meditating to the candles have all burned out, burned all the way down, and he's asleep on the floor. That, you know, crossfade shot. And then a shot of the beach house slightly further away, even further away. And we see these trees. Yeah, we're like, and at first jungle. Yeah. At first you're like, what is there? Was there an island out there? You're, it doesn't strike you as too weird right away, you know, because you haven't been paying too much attention. Yep. But once you get the more, more context, through the rest of the episode you realize just how fucking incredible that moment is exactly it's and a then, it's a uh it's a coins in a slot machine moment that pays off later yep and then we get a musical moment and this is what i wanted to give a little trivia on because i think this is so cool that there starts this chanting and the chanting that's yeah. used is a buddhist chant Namo Ami Namo Amituofo 
and this is like a massive part of of uh buddhist culture it's a common salutation it's like how they say hello and goodbye it's basically a um it's it's a remembrance of buddha like uh wow. it, it is specifically like a a meditative and uh y- you know sort of honoring thing it's it, it's a it's like the force be with you and also with you type right shit. um and i will say i i listened to it again after reading this uh f- this fact and it doesn't sound like they're saying exactly namo amituofo um it might be a variation i've seen uh namo amitaba uh, I'm not sure exactly what they're saying. I almost hear like an S consonant in there somewhere, but in fades this Namo Amidovo Namo. And it's really powerful and effective it's, in this yeah, moment. Because we've it not heard a musical cue like this. Nothing not, like yeah, it. We've heard nothing, nothing like this. Um, oh. oh, and, and this is when I start to think, is this like live? Because this also doesn't sound like instrumentated voices. This sounds right. like someone wrote out a vocal thing and had vocalists perform it, and then they created music from that performance. Yeah, you know? right. It's so cool. Oh, and and it also makes it makes it feel more organic and justified that Ang in a trance. It. It makes us realize he's in a sort of trance, you know? Yes, that he and stands up that and... this trance isn't just sleepwalking or right. isn't just uh, this is something a big. thing. This is huge. Maybe yeah. the biggest thing, even though all we're seeing is him sleepwalking. Get up and walk out into the him water. Leaving his staff feels particularly yeah. like, okay, whoa. Whatever he's about to do is just about him. It's, it has nothing to do with like oh, anything. Yep you know otherworldly things like he doesn't need shit yeah i love i don't know why hmm. i was thinking about it as it was happening and i was like please please happen please happen hmm. momo goes with him yep i just I love really that love that it, momo's like because from momo's perspective he definitely understands some big shit is happening yeah, but he has right. no idea what so yeah. f- to him he's like i could be walking into a, a death trap with a sleepwalking ang but I'm going to be by his side. Yep. That's how Momo is. From the beginning of them meeting Momo, Momo is always like either food or <laughs> friendship. That's the right. two things that Momo is motivated yeah. by. Right. Um, and we Similar get this... to Sokka. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. We get this final moment before commercial break, which again, the commercial break moments in the in this are just like so fucking what's good. crazy is every commercial break moment feels like it could be the end of the episode yeah right the episode isn't any longer than any yep. others yep um but ang swims out to this island that we see and momo flies off and there's a final like and then we fade back in on the same shot and the island's gone and it's morning mm, now and now you're you. like now you're like oh that was Oh, <laughs> and yeah. you don't it. It doesn't show you anything. Right. It just shows you it's gone now. Yep. So you don't know. <laughs> like the questions I had in my mind uh, first time seeing that are did the was there an island even 
Right. Was right. there, you know, was it a moving island? Did it just vanish? Did it fly up into the sky? What Go the underwater? fuck happened? Yeah. yeah. Like, no, no idea. We and don't know. It's so, it's such a cool feeling when you're on the, essentially the last ep- episode of the show, you know, yeah. the finale bits of the show. And you're just like, wait, what? Hang's <laughs> gone. Right. right. Wait. <laughs> like this feeling, it, it's like almost panicking. Like, yeah. N- no, there, there's only like a little bit of the show left and he's gone. Yeah. What the fuck? And we don't see him for a long time, too. The the gang gets up, the rest of the gang. And uh, <laughs> I guess without ga- without Aang, they're just the G. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a stupid joke. Um, they're all like, where's Aang? He left his staff. This is not good. They go down to the beach and they see footprints. Sokka has a theory, which not a bad theory. You know, he's like, I know exactly what's going on here. He's on a spirit world journey. And Zuko's the one who knows. And he's like, wouldn't his body still be here? And he goes, Oh, <laughs> Sokka's like more disappointed that he was wrong with his theory. Yeah, that, he is, that, that, that he's wrong about where to find Aang. There's it's a so little funny. panic in there, but like, yeah, but it's mostly like, it's, dang, yeah, dang, dang, I thought I had it because it was probably the best out of nowhere idea he's had because usually right. he'd say something really silly. Yeah. So they decide to split up to look for him and Toph immediately goes, I'm going with Zuko. And everyone's kind of like, okay. She, like, slides right up on him. Zuko, like, blushes. And she's like, what? Everyone else has gone on, you know, like, a personal journey with Zuko. It's my turn. Um, Isn't this also the moment when Sokka's like, wait, I just noticed. Momo's gone, too. Right. Appa ate Momo. (laughs) And he, like, goes into his mouth. And then when we cut to this all happening of them all, like, teaming up in the background, we just see Sokka slip out of Appa's mouth yeah. in a big pool of like green spit and he like yeah. like lifts his head up it's so, so good. good um we see them all split up uh going into town is uh Suki and Katara and they hear they see a crowd gathered around someone that Aang, looks like Aang, Aang shouting Ang, and they're like okay and they try and rush over and they get to the middle of the circle and it it's the actor Ang being held um, up by actor Buff Toff right <laughs> and uh, yeah so they're just like celebrities the Ember Island players <laughs> their face is the moment the, right this is the moment this is the face moment yeah where they yep. both like. Their faces become enormous and very simple and like rectangles, and there's like a <laughs> just like deep frustration. Yeah. Like to me, this is another tiny meta commentary that only works in retrospect and wasn't planned. Huh. It's them being like, that episode was not what I expected. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're us in that moment. Like, no. Yeah, <laughs> I just I just hit my microphone yeah. for our listeners Worth it. by Worth shaking it. my hands in front of me, and, but that's kind of you know like I don't want to see bald cap Ang. Yeah, totally. Uh, we cut over to Toph and Zuko walking together, and Toph is just like monologuing, and she's saying like, you know, my parents gave try, always tried to give me so much, but they never really gave me the one thing that I really needed, their love. Zuko's just, he turns around and he's just like, 
Listen, it sounds like you had a rough childhood, but can we just, like, focus? We need to focus on getting Aang. And that kind of sucks. Like, Toph feels, but also, like, I don't blame Zuko. Like, it's it's interesting because all of the it rest of them have... real. All Well, all of the rest of them have had, you know, their, like, journeys where they've had self-discoveries yep. with Zuko. But it's not like they set out to do that. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like her saying that even when she's like, I want to go with Zuko. What? Right. I haven't had a journey with him. Feels right. like, yeah, but that's not the point of this, Toph. Right. You know? Right. And, and he's kind of driving that home. But you do want him to be like, yeah. all right, let me just, okay, well, my uncle would tell you, you know? Right. A little part of you wants him to be like, right. give her a little something. Here, you know? Right. Yeah. I think yeah. as you get older, you'll realize that love is in many forms. <laughs> or, I don't know. Right. Them trying to protect you was their way of showing you their love. I don't know. It just shows like Zuko's, you know, he's come so far, but he's not perfect still. He's frustrated. Yeah, and exactly. He, the world and is going to end. he is still Zuko. Yeah. He isn't right. just Iroh. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, well, then they all reconvene and uh, they all turn to Zuko for what to do. And he's like, why is everyone looking at me? And they're like, well, you're kind of an expert on tracking Aang. He did it for a very long time. And uh, he actually does have an idea. And so they get on Appa and they fly off and they start going towards the Earth Kingdom. Towards and the Earth Kingdom. And Zuko's just like, you gotta trust me. And now... And I do. I oh, just what? do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But this is when we cut over to the Fire Lord and Azula who are being carried out on their palanquins, and uh, which we learned the name of in this episode. Did we? <laughs> At I, least I did. Maybe you looked it up, but this is like confirmation. That's what they call them in this universe because Azula says palanquin in yeah. like a cup. Has she? Have they said it in the show yet? I feel oh. like they might. I feel like they said it when Zuko went back, and Maybe they were like, right, "Like your royal palanquin, sir." Like, right? Would you, yeah. Right. Go for a ride in the royal palanquins. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. But um, I just love that now I know that word, you know? Right. Yeah. And also it's funny because Azula shows her cruelty and impatience <laughs> yelling at the people carrying her like, come on, move faster. And she finally gets up and joins the Fire Lord on this like platform getting onto or, uh, a ship. It sort of seems like, but there's also like a big, you know, sort of I think this is platform. like the shipyard, yeah. you know, like where they set off all their their greatest troops when they're going to battle. Sure. Like usually it would be horses, but for the Fire Nations, it's ships. Right. You know? And she gets out and she says, I'm, I'm sorry, father. It's so hard to find good palanquin bearers nowadays, which is <laughs> such a good like comment that's an adult joke that that's oh yeah adult like moment of the week is that is that <laughs> for know? sure and it's good um, it made me it made me chuckle yeah uh and the fire lord says i'm going to be leaving alone you're going to remain she gets really mad and he says my decision the chaotic side of her oh yeah too. and he says my decision is final and she doesn't listen to that she says, you can't treat me like Zuko, which I think is such a quick moment. I even said it like slower than she does in the episode, but I think it's such a distinct, like, in her head, she she knows that, like, I'm the favorite daughter. That's how this works. He loves yeah. me. He hates Zuko. Uh, and she's like, it was my idea to burn everything to the ground. You can't do this without me, which is also kind of makes you go, 
shit, it it was her idea, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, you get it in the moment it happens as, like, these people are evil. Right. But and he she not only it. thought of that, she wants that credit. <laughs> yeah. She not only, yeah, exactly. She not only thought of it, she wants to be credited She for wants that, that clout. Um, the worst kind of clout. Oh, she's prideful and power hungry. Um, and the Fire Lord knows that. And that's how he manipulates her. And he says, mm-hmm. I need you to watch over the homeland. You are the only one who can do this. And I am now, th- that's why I am now naming you the new Fire Lord. And this is just a quick thing. But I realized, like, he could have said, like, that's why I'm naming you Fire Lady. But that's not, <laughs> you yep. know, that's not what it is. It's just Fire Lord. I just, I liked that. Um, Me too. Uh, I something notice, I never would have caught on to that. as a kid, but yeah, as an adult, just the way we talk about gender and like that role is called the Fire Lord. You know, mm-hmm. could it be a gender neutral thing? Lady, whatever. But yes, um, but no. Uh, yeah. Uh, so he's saying, I'm giving you the name of Fire Lord because I'm ascending, just as the world is going to be reborn in fire. So am I. As the Phoenix King. And they blast fire into these giant spires that come they out that have like new flags. Ooh, yeah, the new flags he gets for some reason. with a new set a of armor. Gold over shoulder his plates. armor. Yeah. And this golden helmet. And it's amazing too because Ooh. he's. This is just to me like some next level, like, oh, whoa. Right. He's planning on burning the world down, yep. destroying it, yep. and having a new one being born from the ashes, which is what happens to Phoenix. Phoenixes. Yep. When they are destroyed, yep. they're reborn from the ashes. <laughs> it's so cool. I don't know. It's the Phoenix King is one of my favorite villain yeah. like titles ever, and he oh, doesn't sure. get it until the final episode of the show. Yep. That's fucking yep. crazy. That's like the Fire yeah. Lord was already the best, the best one. We're like, right, the Fire Lord. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. Mark no, no. Hamill saying Phoenix King. Phoenix I'm not even gonna try. King. Yeah, I just tried, Cal- and I yeah. No, I mean, it's still better than close, I could. But uh, it's just yeah. next level. And there's, uh, I realized, you know, as much as these are a four part thing, and they did originally air back to back as like a final finale event, and got like millions of viewers it was their highest ratings of the entire show and as much as it's sort of you know now it's squashed together in one episode in netflix like yeah, there's it's still episode 16 not there's netflix. still episode arcs here and Very it's so, so interesting how they have you on the edge of your seat giving you like three or four different is the episode over moments you yeah. know what i mean because yeah. We see them flying off into the sunset. We're going to the Earth King. What's over there? Could have ended right there. Now we've got this Phoenix King moment. And we're like, oh, shit. It very easily could have ended right there. But it doesn't. We get a little more of the gang. And now they're at an Earth Kingdom tavern that we might recognize a little bit. And then we, we see her. We recognize some patrons of it for sure. Yeah, the the fucking street fight Ryu from yeah, Street Ryu. Fighter. I love it. In there again. He's just always yeah, in this bar. It. So is she, yeah, and right. she's always kicking his ass. Exactly. Yeah, it's like a perpetual video game thing. Yeah, 
Um, we see June kick Ryu's ass, and uh, yeah, they Toph basically loves just it. Toph, Toph is like, Toph I don't know who like, this is, oh, but I love her. I like her. Yeah. Um, and uh, oh, and while she's kicking this guy's ass, by the way, she throws her oh, yeah. cup into the air. She like spins it. Yeah. It's like she like uses like a spin on it to make it so it doesn't spill a the liquid, yeah, stays. She's not a bender. Yeah. Yeah. No. She's just dope. (laughs) Something about she's dope like she's dope feels like one of those in Day of Black Sun moments where two characters meet, you just want it to meet, like when Bato and the swamp guy meet and stuff. Like this is one of those where you're like, Yes, they these are these characters. Badass characters that needed to meet. Yes, 100%. Um, and it could have ended right there when they approach her and, like, sort of seem to, like, there's going to be an agreement. But we get one more scene. Aang wakes up in the middle of just some forest and there's some water in the background. And he goes, Oh, I had the strangest dream. And then he looks out. And he's in the middle of the ocean. No, no land in land. sight. Yes. Water <laughs> for miles on an island somehow, somewhere. And he just we goes zoom out and yeah. see. Yep. And he just goes, Where are we? Fade to white. End of the episode. So good. Oh yeah. I this uh I I've been nervous, I gotta say. For the finale, because a lot of people talk about how they're disappointed by the finale. And maybe we'll get to some things to, to talk about in that light. Maybe. But so far, episode one out of four of the finale, this just solid put so fuck. much faith. I have so much faith in the rest of the yeah. uh, end of the show. Yeah. They showed us everything I wanted to be shown in the previously on, like anything yep. I want to tie up. And yep. they <laughs> added elements the the how do you just add elements in that like having ang just be on an island in the middle of the fucking ocean like right. now we have that to go to you know yeah i love it i love this oh me too first me episode i can't too. wait to continue yep uh, and on that note we should talk about i guess it's not on that note it no. would be on a different note on a funnier note which we're going <laughs> to be getting to right now Future Gary will. Get out of the way! Get out of the way! I wrote down a few, because this episode, as epic as it was with the strings and stuff, was also very, very, very funny. A lot of good ones, yeah, I will say. I mean, I feel like it's pretty clear. I have a bunch written down that I'd like to discuss before we just give it, I think, probably to the one that... But, I mean, I like Do you want to wait for that one for last for you? And yeah. I'll see if mine lines up too by yeah. making my yeah. clear one last. Point okay, oh, let's do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, so how are we doing this? Wait, am I pointing? Well, out let's some? just go back for back and forth and point some out. Yeah. But make sure both of the ones we think is the one is the last, last one we okay. point out because maybe yep. it'll be the same thing. Yep, I think it will be. Um, I mean, uh, I love the destroyed sculpture and the sculpture in general of Suki. And uh, I think it's sweet. And it looks like fucking Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> I like that one. So that might have actually been my last one. Oh, really? There okay. is something so I let out a guttural laugh when he goes, <laughs> it's Suki. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't know why. 
But we'll let's. Get, I was let's looking around my notes, and <laughs> I saw three different ones that I was like, "Oh, that could be his." Oh, that could be his too. <laughs> and then I went with that one. And uh, I like the slobbering out Appa Eight Momo. That, yeah, that's good. That's a I good was going to say that. Uh, I like. Um, honestly, this is a kid moment that's not funny. It's just like I think this is a thing that, when done well in a kids movie, is just like any kid would want to replicate it. Yeah, group hug. Yeah, I love a that's group true. hug. Gotta love a group hug. There's and then Appa so getting special. in on that. Yeah. yeah, man. But the moment right before that group hug is what I saved for second to last, which is now my last. The fan and sword. Fan and sword. I, uh, my one that I'm saving for last is, uh, I am not tough. I am Melon Lord. Oh. I mean, right. <laughs> right. I'm an idiot. Come on. <laughs> That's like Melon the Lord, baby. It's like thing ever. Maybe Her one of the best laugh? kid moments of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she full does it. You know, like yeah, it's great. and it's so satisfying. Like uh, fucking talk about a kid Especially moment. That's it right there. She almost does just crush them with a flaming rock. <laughs> She's having too much Doesn't fun. Doesn't care. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh man! Yeah, that's the kid moment of the week, right it's there. Gotta, gotta go to Melon Lord. Oh, <laughs> uh, perfect. Well, um, we missed a, we missed a day or two, and uh, I think we're building up the tension for the end yeah, here. That's, we're racking know? the tension up, and I think we keep trying to go back to twice a week, and then it doesn't work. And I think we're just gonna stick to once a week because our schedules have changed. Work. It can, it can now. Um, it, and once a week, I think we can get on a good schedule. Um, you know, exactly. when we, when we had months and months of our lives where we had nothing to do at all, twice a week made sense, but, uh, doesn't make sense anymore. We can do stuff again. Uh, Some but, pe- and yeah. we can actually reliably put stuff out once a week. I think, I think we'll be able to. Yeah. And it's easier to, to make a backlog if we ever need to of movies. Right. Because right. it's only we'd need three for three weeks rather than six. Right, that's a yeah. lot. Right, and I think we were thinking of going to once a week once we were done with Avatar and start doing movies for just a little bit. Um, but why not just you know? Yeah, the world actually... started spinning a little faster than we yeah. got there. And uh, yeah, why uh, you know why try and uh, force it? So that's yeah. what we'll be doing. These episodes will be better this way. It'll be that's... better and more reliable for you. You won't have to like wonder whether or not the promise that we're making of getting back to twice a week is going to be fulfilled or not. Like, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be able to get on a, on a on a better schedule. So there's a little update for you there. Um, if you want to be notified of when our episodes come out, you can follow us on social media, of course, as always on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at new lens pod um you can also find all these episodes on our website legendary4.com where you can also find our other podcast legendary four adventures space vampires Ooh, there's some grit on that one thank you gary uh yeah all of those episodes all of these episodes are on legendary4.com as well as streaming on any platform at all look at that uh so you know it's so easy to access so why don't you tell your friends about us you know if you like this if you have people in your life that you think might like a show like this let them know because uh we really enjoy doing this as much as you know we sort of 
have been going off and on. We uh, have no plans to stop doing this. And uh, yeah, just uh, tell people about us, you know? And uh, someone who already knows about the show is Safina Sago because she, uh, <laughs> I, I've started saying her name. I call her by her name, which is Sofina. But I, I've started saying on this show, Safina. Like, like it's, it's a you. It like, like Safina Sago. Safina Sago. You know? Yeah. 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 But uh, her name's Sofina Sago. Anyway. Sofina. She made our podcast art. Want to thank her as I do every episode. Um, yeah. If, if you, you know, yeah. on that point, because we breeze over it because it, we've said it so many times, mm-hmm. you know, when you're on Spotify and you're like, I'm going to click on this podcast. The reason you're going to click on that is usually because, hey, that artwork looks kind of cool. Or the title is nice uh, and the artwork isn't shitty. Right. Yeah, people make that. And the person who made ours happens to have also been a friend, which is just like full circle for a podcast that's basically two friends talking about things we love. Hell yeah. We didn't we didn't like outsource this to some company. <laughs> right. This is homegrown, baby. Homegrown. <laughs> Hand drawn. <laughs> Unsponsored. <laughs> Would be cool to get there someday, yeah, but well, who knows how? Nice. <laughs> Squarespace hit us up. <laughs> HelloFresh hit us up. <laughs> we use your services. We literally use both of those services. So stay um, the fuck away from us, Raycon. I don't want your headphones. <laughs> I've heard bad things from people who actually have bought them. <laughs> really? Really? I've heard they're Interesting. bass heavy. Yeah. Which is the easiest way to make someone think headphones are good. Interesting. Uh, MeUndies? <laughs> Spilling some tea. MeUndies is one, you know? I was, uh, no one's, no, uh, no fucking companies are listening to the the very end of this hour and a half episodes. But, you know, I don't know if, if you know somebody who works for these companies or know how to, like, look into that stuff. Or, hey, very interested maybe in. you're a startup that just yeah. happens to be interested in podcasts with very small amounts of viewers and you're like hey i'm a startup why aren't they talking about me get us yeah send us an email send us an email (laughs) in fact you know what uh we're thinking of adding another section just a a little quick section in the middle of the episodes once we uh are on a regular movie basis that might uh, have some shout outs so you know if you've got something if you're interested in hearing your thing you know talked about on the show maybe send us an email at uh legendary four c d g s at gmail.com uh and we'll get back to you you know as as soon as we as soon as physically possible anyway uh we want to thank you for listening uh last thing on my uh outro list is just to check out and donate to the that list of uh black lives matter uh donation links that's into the description um yeah <laughs> I caught myself off guard and uh, didn't have a good segue into me saying thank you all for listening. I am Calvin. And I'm Gary. This has been A New Lens. I am Melon Lord! (laughs) That was good. That was a good evil laugh.